Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was I'll Never Fall in Love Again from Dion Warwick. A nice way to start the programme here on Saturday morning with me, Elliot Moss, on Jazz FM. And it is, of course, Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of the people shaping the world of jazz, soul and blues, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, a business shaper. My business shaper this morning is Chris Curl, the founder and chairman of Curl, a chain of estate agents and charters of heirs in the north, east and south of London. You'll be hearing lots from him and how he's developed his business over the last 20 or so years. In addition to hearing from Chris, you'll also be hearing from our programme partners at Mishkondorea. Some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, some brilliant music from the Shapers of Jazz, Soul and Blues, including Eliane Elias, Van Morrison and this from Bobby Bland here on Jazz FM. Ain't no love in the heart of the city That was Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City from Bobby Bland. This is Jazz Shapers, and as I promised, my business shaper today is Chris Curl. He is the founder and chairman of Curl, and if you haven't heard of them, they're in a chain of estate agents and charters of heirs, and they're all over London town. Chris, thank you very much for joining me. Pleasure. Now, you started your business back in 1990. What were you doing before then? Um, well, I trained in property. Uh, I was at uh, Nottingham at Trent Polytechnic. I came down to London in 85 and um, unwittingly got, uh, found my first job um, in a firm of charter surveyors who, amongst other things, specialised in insolvency. And that sort of kicked me off and shaped, in many ways, my, my future. When you first opened that um, your own office back in 1990, and I believe it was on the Liverpool Road yes. in North One, two people working for you. What does it feel like when you've got what you hope is the beginning of a really big uh, and successful journey in front of you? But you, at that point, there are three of you in the office. What's, yeah. it, what's it actually feel like? Um, it was exhilarating. I, I'd started with a business plan, which was about one paragraph, a loan from Barclays, and I just jumped in. The phone rang at, I'll remember this, at five to nine on the first day, and it was from a property mate of mine, rang me up to wish me luck, and the phone just hasn't stopped. But when, it, when you first set up, obviously you had a reputation, but how did you get your first clients? How did, think, how did people know that this was a man they could do business with and, uh, and all the things that people need from excellent estate agents and charters affairs? I was known in the insolvency field then, and if you can cast your mind back to 1990, um, it was going pear-shaped. Mm. There were a lot of insolvencies, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. And I ran in that direction and conducted my business following my nose on where commerce was going to be in the next few years. And the work was extraordinary insofar as um, insolvency practitioners were popping up all over the place. There were casualties everywhere. And it was sort of counter-cyclical, if you like. 
um, I, w- I was growing and uh, competitors and colleagues of mine in other parts of the property sector, um, you know, they were contracting. Find out more from my business shaper, Chris Coral, and how he built that business from small and humble beginnings to much bigger things right now. Time for some music. This is Eliane Elias and Toda Menina Baiana. That was Toda Menina Bayana from Eliani Elias. You're listening to me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz Shapers. Every Saturday morning, I have a brilliant business shaper. My business shaper today is Chris Curl. He is the founder and chairman, as I mentioned earlier, of Curl, a chain of estate agents and charter surveyors. But we're going back to the 1990s again, very early in that time, Chris. And you mentioned insolvencies. For those people that don't quite understand the relationship between property and insolvency, just give me the idiot's guide to why it was, as you said, it was counter-cyclical and you were starting to make really big tracks for your business yeah um, businesses were were going bust in those days um, individuals um, were um, getting into insolvent situations themselves uh, there was no money around um, banks wanted to recover their money and this was largely a result of um, I suppose over expansion and excesses in the 80s um, there was a sort of sea change in industry as well at that time, and businesses were restructuring themselves. And what I was being asked to do um, was to recover assets in insolvent situations. So I'd be instructed by administrative receivers, trustees in bankruptcy, liquidators to value and then dispose of the assets. And the assets at that time were property. They were also plants, machinery, stock, cars, vehicles, etc. But I focused on the uh, property side of things. So I was disposing of assets with colleagues as I built the business around the around the country. So the disposal is one side. So essentially it's, uh, helping that business or <laughs> rather ensuring that business that it's insolvent is releasing its assets in the right way and then finding homes for the assets, essentially the other bit of what an estate agent would do. We were acting, as I say, for trustees and liquidators and admin receivers uh, to, to realise the assets and then the proceeds of the sales of those assets would be returned to creditors. Okay, so you, but in that instance, you would have to understand how those assets were going to be valued, and then would you help find a home for them as well? Is that what was going yes, on? Yes, we there? would sell those assets. You would sell those assets. Are there many other people, were there many other at that point in that business doing such a specific thing? Because the reason I was asking is because it is relatively specific, mm-hmm. isn't it, within the property world, that you, with your unusual background in the insolvency, from the insolvency perspective and being a surveyor and so on, was it like you saw a gap, or was it that simply there were other people doing it and not, not doing it as well as, as you thought you could um, there were other people doing it, and there were people trying to enter the market at a fairly late stage and try to understand the process. But there was a gap, and there was enough work around at that time to to sort of service um, the volume of work that was being given out. And interestingly, prior to my first job in London, which I entered into as a which had a specialist in science department, I'd worked in Birmingham in 1981. And um, the firm I worked for there was doing insolvency and corporate recovery. And they were 
basically handling and selling the assets of the old manufacturing industries in Birmingham at that time, um, Round Hay Steel Works, Wards of Worcester. So, again, it was a cyclical process, and it was a ve- it's a very specialist field, as it was then, as it still is today. Find out more from my business shaper um, in just a few minutes. In the meantime, though, latest travel coming up, and before that, some words of wisdom for your business from programme partners at Mishkondorea. Hi, my name's Adam Morley. I'm a partner at Mishkondorea in the litigation department. And I spend a lot of my time working with entrepreneurs uh, on different issues, including in particular on deals and agreements that have gone wrong. And a lot of the time, one of the reasons why it's gone wrong is that the deal has been written on the back of an envelope or the back of a fag packet. And commercial people think that they trust each other and they know each other. Um, But when I'm asked, I'm starting up my business, I don't have a lot of money, what should I spend money on? Because legal fees are expensive. I think the core thing you should look to is your key commercial agreements. And what are key commercial agreements? They're your agreements with your core partners. So if you're a brand and you're licensing uh, your brand to a distributor or you have a manufacturing agreement, you need to spend money on that agreement. You need to make it sure it's properly checked out by a lawyer. Don't buy the line that you have to agree to someone's standard terms and conditions because you don't. If you're manufacturing an item and your manufacturer gives you defective quality goods, that could kill your sales, kill your cash flow and kill your business. So when looking at these agreements, you should always look at the think of the divorce as well as the marriage because if it goes wrong, you'll need to come and talk to someone like me and it's way cheaper to spend the money up front on getting good commercial agreements tightly drafted than it is to go to a litigator afterwards and say, look, I did this agreement on the back of the fag packet, um, but we all know what it means and he promised he'd do this. And then I'll start asking questions like, well, but where is it? Where's the email? Where's the letter? And you'll say, but we understood it. And and sadly, that's how it goes. And you end up going to court and it costs a lot of money. Um, And it's much better to get things sorted at the beginning earlier. So in summary, If you are going to spend money on lawyers, spend it on them drafting your key commercial agreements so you don't ever have to talk to someone like me. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9 o'clock here on Jazz FM. You can also find us on cityam.com if you look over there. Chris Curran is my business shaper today, and he is the man who knows a fair bit about insolvent businesses and disposals of properties. Not often that you will hear me say those two things in the same sentence. Let me um, just probe a bit. Uh, we, were, we were talking before about the gap in the market. When you were a, char- you were a charter surveyor, mm-hmm. you went into, in, into business yourself. Did you... Th- think of yourself as something beyond a charter surveyor or were you just simply going I'm good at this I could do it for myself and I can make a living or was it I've always wanted to run my own business I've always had an entrepreneurial streak in me and I think in the back of my mind I always wanted to run my own business and I probably didn't think about it too much there wasn't too much thought about going into business on my own I just did it and then beyond just doing it which is um, sometimes the best way as you said your your business plan was a paragraph long and probably it was a good paragraph too your wife joined you in the business about 1998 yeah 
people often say that it's pretty tricky working with someone you know well, even trickier working with someone who you're married to. How has that been? It's been an interesting journey. You're still married? We're still married That's after good. <laughs> 28 years. And she came into the business and basically created her own business as an add-on to what I built you know, by that stage in 1998. And um, does she run the business independently almost, that, that part of the business? Or do you, are you colluding and conf- making sure that both of you are doing the right thing together on most, most issues? There's crossover at all times. And um, the, the practice is at the level and size it is now that, um, you know, we both run it with others around us. Now, you've built your offices out then, Clerkenwell joined 2000, Hackney 2004, Victoria Park 2006, and in 2010, Coral Management, and a new office for Coral New Homes. This is, I mean, it's it's now what, 70 people that you employ, if, if I'm not mistaken, and indeed you've opened an office south of the river as well in Battersea. This is big stuff. I mean, you're no you're, you're no longer the, the the guy who had the the phone ringing quite happily back in 1990. Have you enjoyed the management side of the business beyond the specifics of doing business in the business you know well? Yes, I mean, you're self-taught on the management side. No one tells you. No, no one goes to school to learn how to manage a business. So we've had to manage the business, learn from our mistakes, and there've been quite a few. And it's taken quite a while just to realize that um, you pay for what you get <laughs> and what does that mean exactly that means that you surround yourself with good people um, people who are far more competent than yourself how very humble I'm sure I'm sure they are very competent someone said if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room I don't know if that's true it's just a bumper sticker who knows time for some music and then much more come up from Chris it's Van Morrison and the way young lovers do we strolled through fields all wet with rain And back along the lane again There in the sunshine In the sweet summertime The way that young lovers do that was Van Morrison and The Way Young Lovers Do. Chris Curran is my business shaper today. He's in the property world and he's built a bit of an empire, um, although he probably wouldn't call it that, but I can. Um, in addition to all the things that you've done here domestically, I believe that you do a fair amount internationally as well. How does yeah. that work? Yeah, um, we, we saw a market for selling London properties overseas and it was Anne actually who took up the mantle there. And we started selling London stock um, in Hong Kong, Singapore and Malaysia about five years ago. Uh, And in a way, the Southeast Asian market, the purchase there, kind of propped the market up for a while. Uh, And um, you talk about good people. I'm assuming all your people are still there. They're all based here. You don't have your people out in in that part of the world. For the people here... Beyond you in the management team, are there other people that you, and you mentioned this earlier, are there people that you can almost leave the running of the business to at this stage? That's what we're seeking to achieve. And we have a strategy um, to keep surrounding ourselves with good people. And in the last few months, we've had some really interesting appointments. And what is it you enjoy doing once you've got someone actually running, you know, the day-to-day nuts and bolts of the business? What is it for you personally, Chris, that is still buzzing you 20 years later? I love going out to meet meet people, um, seek out new opportunities, open new doors and um, see what's out there. 
It is unusual. In I mean, there are lots of people in the property world, but you have a very specific um, uh, sort of expertise, as it were. Would you say that that has helped you differentiate yourself over the years, or is it? Are you? Are there many Chris Curls out there that do just what you do, but they're just not as good? Well, the, the, the property is a very social industry, and we all like a good lunch. And there are other people ploughing the same furrow as I, um, but I think now. Um, now that we've got bigger and we've got people around us, I can sort of go back to the sort of the social contact that I enjoy with clients, sort of um, some of which have been with us for 23 years and looking for, for new introductions and new people to meet. We'll have our final chat with Chris today, plus play a track from uh, Takuya Kuroda, some new music for you. That's after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was Takuya Kuroda, and everybody loves the sunshine. And if you're a fan of Roy Ayers, you will know that's a cover version of his. Takuya, for those of you who don't know, is a Brooklyn-based Japanese trumpet player, and that is off his debut Blue Note album, Rising Sun. Chris Curran is my business shaper here for just a few more minutes. Um, and we've been talking about all sorts of things, and the world of property and insolvency have never become so clear and focused, in my mind at least. Um, how does the future work for you, Chris, now in terms of your business? You talked about the social elements that you like. You talked about the fact you've got great people coming up now and hopefully running that day-to-day business that you've probably been more involved with than you wanted to be over at least the last few years. What's next for you and the company? What's next for us? I think we're prepared to take a few more risks, um, ask a few questions that we didn't dare ask before. And interestingly, we're having business opportunities um, created around us by people who work for us, other people who've heard from us. So we're going to carry on diversifying um, and building a multidisciplined practice. Over the last 20 years, you've obviously worked with some brilliant people. Have you, do some of them stand out now as people that you went, I'm really pleased I listened to that person? And if so, either what did they say or who were they? <laughs> Um, well, a guy I trained under, he said a very simple thing to me. He said, look up above you, look at the chimney pots wherever you go. And that's, that's a really clever way of looking about you, looking at buildings and seeing things that don't normally you wouldn't normally see at high level. And have you, do you think, been true to that, that little uh, dictum? I think I have been true to and. I look at things differently. You've got to keep looking at them differently, I guess, yeah. as well. You also are, I mean, you have a, an interesting art collection, you're, mm-hmm. uh, and, yeah. and I think that's, I believe it's called the Coral Collection, yeah. unsurprisingly. Um, tell me a bit about that. I mean, that's a, it's lovely, I suppose, when you're in the position that you can curate things, collect things when you've done, done very well in business. That collection is enjoyed by the public as well, is that right? Yeah, we, we spread it around our offices and our home, and... It's a great um, form of communication. Um, 
with 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 people whether they're clients or anybody it's a, it's a reason to interact it's a reason to invite someone to to look at um, a body of work that we just acquired and it sounds like also you have been um it, to you it's been important that you involve yourself in charitable causes as well do you think it's a responsibility of every successful business owner that they do that or is it just something for certain people I wouldn't say it's a responsibility, but I think it's it either comes naturally to you or not. And, uh, and are there particular causes that have been central for you over the years? Yeah. Um, you know, Anne's been very close to the NSPCC, and we've supported that in a, in, a, in a local way for a number of years. And I think anything connected with property um, and various homeless charities are quite close to us. Very good. Just before I let you go, Chris, what is your song choice and why have you chosen it? My song choice is Please Read My Letter by Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. And I've chosen that because Robert Plant is just an amazing um, musician and I have followed his music th- through all my life and he changes his, his music um, he's always on a journey. He's always looking for a different road to follow. And his collaboration with Alison Krauss was just one of the most beautiful pieces of work that I've heard. Fantastic. Chris, thank you very much for being my business shaper. This is your choice. Please read the letter, and it's from Robert Plant and Alison Krauss. Caught out with just a little too much to hide. Maybe, baby, everything's gonna turn out fine. Please read the letter. That was Please Read the Letter from Robert Plant and Alison Krauss, the song choice of my business shaper today, Chris Curl. He is a man who spotted an opportunity, not once, not twice, but probably three or four times over the last 25 years, and fundamentally understood how to grow a business. Very impressive. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's nine o'clock next Saturday morning for another edition of Jazz Shapers and another great business shaper. In the meantime, though, stay with us here on Jazz FM. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal.